This is episode 36 with Shelly LaRusso of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. We interview some of the most brilliant and purpose-driven minds in business and entrepreneurship so that you can learn how to maintain success, enjoy its rewards, and take it to the next level. Together, we break down all of the myths, legends, stories, struggles, and insights behind what it takes for you to join this tribe of successful entrepreneurs to grow and stay ahead of the pack. My name is Joel Ong, and I'm your host for today, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Tribe Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe Podcast. My name is Joel, and I'm the host for this show. I'm also the founder and video strategist at Tape Your Time. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Shelly LaRusso. And Shelly is the president and founder and also mother of the Olivia Hope Foundation. Now, the Olivia Hope Foundation was created in 2018 to honor Shelly's daughter's dying wish to fight for a better world for kids with cancer. And uh, Shelly's daughter, Olivia, was diagnosed with acute le- uh, leukemia at a young age of 11 and she went through a series of treatments including chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant um, and her twin sister Sabrina was actually her donor and after about 15 months of battling leukemia she you know, unfortunately uh, passed away uh, in 2017 at a young age of only 12. So the foundation today has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in her honour and even celebrities such as the Stranger Things actress uh, Millie Bobby Brown are big contributors to this foundation. So today you're going to get to listen to Shelley's story and she's an incredible, incredible human being, you know, full of zest for life and um, incredibly down to earth and you know she gives us snippets and insights into uh, some of the things that she was struggling and dealing with at the time and even today and you know um, what she sees uh, other you know families parents struggling with and I think that if you have lived a long enough life and you have experienced enough things you would have you know, had a touch and encounter with uh, someone who has either recovered from cancer battle with it or you know uh, eventually passed on as a result of cancer and it's a real thing so um, I think you're going to find this episode very very relatable and I really encourage you to you know take the time to actually listen in to what Shelly has to say and once again if you enjoyed this episode please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify uh, or any other you know audio platform that you're on and we really appreciate it because it would allow us and also Shelly to you know promote her message out to more people and to you know impact the lives of more children. So without further ado, let's welcome Shelly LaRusso. So Shelly, uh, could you tell us what made you decide to do what you're doing today? Um, sure. In um, the beginning of 2016, my daughter, who was 11 at the time, was diagnosed with leukemia. And um, she had a 15-month battle. She passed away, um, sadly, uh, in April of 2017. So she was the type of kid that just always wanted to help people. She wanted to give back. She was always hoping that, you know, something could be done with cancer, that there would be a cure. Um, So I just wanted to honor her, continue her legacy, 
And that's why we started the Olivia Hope Foundation. How did you go about, um, you know, of course, honoring, uh, honoring your daughter's cause and, you know, what she believed in and because um, what she wanted to do for other people? I mean, how do you, you know, go about, how did, how did the whole thing even start? Um, it started because I, um, after she passed away, you know, we, I, we were um, just devastated. She is a twin. And um, I, I also have another daughter. Uh, I had three girls. And um, I don't remember, like, the exact moment, but I just knew I had a choice to make. I was completely, you know, devastated by her lo- my loss of Olivia. And so um, I just knew that I could either lay on the couch, which I did for months, or I could get up and do something and honor her wishes and, um, you know, do something for my other girls too, because I have two other children that are living. And I knew that um, they didn't ask, obviously, for this terrible situation to happen, but they didn't deserve also to lose a mom. They had already lost their sister. So I thought if we do the foundation and we can honor Olivia's hope, her dream, to help other families, to help, you know, find a cure, um, that they would look at that too and give them something also to live for and to do in her honor. Is it is it like um, all kinds of cancer? Right now, we are um, focusing on pediatric cancers. Mm. We've done a lot of, um, we've helped a lot with research for leukemia, the type of leukemia that my daughter had. Um, we're working with a hospital, children's hospital in Seattle, um, and they do right now the best work for the leukemia. So we've given a lot of um, donation research funding to them. We just uh, sometimes forget when we are busy with our lives that, uh, you know, what's most important to us and, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. then... And then the you know the day or unfortunate day that comes, you know because everybody's you know everybody's lifespan is limited. Uh, there's always going to be eventually a day, but I don't think we walk around every day, you know, like thinking that that day will come, right? You know, even to ourselves. Um. So so I mm-hmm. so I want to know your thoughts on yeah I want to know your thoughts on this and um you know how you have been able to you know spread this message out to people. Um. My my thought is is actually that. That's a, a great point that you brought up because, you know, for some reason, as a parent, as a family, I guess I never thought, um, I never thought that obviously this could happen, but um, it kind of just, it made my whole world vision and, um, you know, made me have to realize a different reality and vision that I was going to have to live for the rest of my life. Um, you know, we kind of grew up in a grew up in a bubble and we think that everything obviously we had our day-to-day regular stuff, but we thought basically everything was fine. And, you know, we were pretty much very happy. And then when we got this news, the diagnosis, and then after she had passed, it really was super hard to kind of um to I, I guess reinvent ourselves as a, as a family moving forward with such a profound yeah, loss like the, yeah like the so, quote-unquote normal right you can't like live like 
everyday normal <laughs> common inverted comma kind of like mm-hmm. in the matrix so to speak anymore right right definitely and in, like um how how open are people towards discussing such issues nowadays i mean you obviously you know you interact with a lot of people you've worked with people a lot of benefactors as well i mean um you know what have uh what have been some of your biggest takeaways from from your experiences with them, from what they tell you, you know, from uh, how you have been able to, you know, see the impact that has, uh, you know, that's touched the lives of people. I will tell you all in all, I think that people are very kind and generous and compassionate. Um, Childhood cancer is a hard thing for a lot of people to look at. It's something that we never want to see. I think everybody has been touched by cancer in their life. You know, with a parent, maybe an aunt, um, but when you see a child that's battling, it's sometimes super hard, and sometimes people do look away, and even before my daughter got sick, it was hard for me to look at a, a child that was suffering with any kind of, mm. you know, long-term or, dis- uh, you know, disability or terminal illness, so um, I will tell you, though, that in the worst of times, I have seen people that just have gone above and beyond for for us, for my family, for my foundation. And that, to me, is just been, you know, amazing and so enlightening that people just would step up to the plate for us and just carry that mission with us in their heart to see something done about this disease. For as bad as our situation was, which was awful, we I saw the most loving people and compassionate people step up and be there with us and and fight with us and go on this journey with us. And it's such a powerful shift. I mean, I really appreciate that because, I mean, it's it's easy in such situations to fall into like learn helplessness, right? It's, you know, like like you blame everything else and then, you know, and there's no way to change anything about it because the situation has happened already. Uh, but you know, from you know, from what you did, like taking power and control over it, and deciding that hey, you know, uh, there's there's still some things I can do as a as a mom, as as a person, as a human being. I think that I, that's a really commendable. Thank you. Yeah, I think there was um, a time that when you know, in those first few months that Olivia had passed, and you know, I was the type of mom before my daughter got sick. They used to tease me and call me tiger mom because I was like, or helicopter mom. I was on top of everything. I had my girls in dance and at the skating rink at 6 a.m. in the morning before school. And just really, you know, really as far as the moms on them, you know. And um, and then after when Olivia passed, I like couldn't even pretty much function. And one day Sabrina came in from school and she looked at me and she said, you know, oh, mom, you took a shower today. And it kind of like shook me. And I thought to myself, here, my daughter, who's 12 years old, it just lost her twin sister, is looking at her own mom saying, oh, wow, yay, she took a a shower. So I thought to myself, Shelly, you're going to have to claw your way out of this and do this for your children because this is not fair for them to have to you know live with a mom who they're proud of just for doing something that we should be doing every day showering and you know taking care of 
taking care of ourselves. So at that moment, I think, you know, I kind of thought, okay, I need to, to figure out another plan here. And, you know, obviously it didn't go the way that we had hoped when she had the diagnosis. They said that there was a very good odd that she would beat the cancer. Um, so she didn't. And what would she want to? That's a big um, factor in our life. Like what would Olivia want right now for us to be doing? And that would be living. And if she knew that we were so devastated and couldn't function without her, you know, she would just be, uh, she would be super upset because she was just not that type of person. You know, she wanted everybody to be happy and live in harmony. And I'm sure she'll be very, very proud (laughs) Um, seeing the work that you're doing now. I think it's something that I realized as well. Like children have this inherent goodness in them and, you know, almost that innocence and Mm -hmm. and they're so perceptive as as individuals. Like, uh, you know, it's incredible. You know, they they run around all the time. They they observe Mm -hmm. and they look at things. And I feel as the older that we got, we kind of like been, you know, uh, we kind of settled with a certain identity and then we put ourselves in a certain box and then, you know, I think we start to lose that. I mean, not say lose, I think we always had it, but it's like we start to not be so in touch with uh, whether it's our emotions, right. observations about things, uh, connecting with people, right? Like fundamental, I think, basic uh, things that we have as a human being. So... Um, so, so yeah, I mean, for you, because you work with a lot of children, um, what have been, you know, mm-hmm. like perhaps maybe the most, uh, memorable, you know, um, experience that you've had with one of them? Um, with, with a child that we have helped? Yeah, it could be, or, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, something that, uh, that you took away from that you could, uh, perhaps share. Sure. So, um. We do have a program at the Olivia Hope Foundation. It's a warrior support program. And we help families that are going through, um, you know, with a child that's been diagnosed. So sometimes we help them with car payments. We help them with rent, with medical co-pays, even just food. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was sending diapers to a family. But, you know, they just, when, when you have a child that's diagnosed, most of the time, one parent has to stop working. If you're in a two, uh, you know, a two-parent home where both parents are working, one has to stop working to take care of the, the child that you know is diagnosed. So we have um, a little girl that we're supporting her family, and both of my daughters have become super close to her. And um, that, to me, to see my daughters be, become so involved in you know, the kids and this little girl who's so sweet, um, who reminds us of our Olivia, that to me has been the marvel, you know, one of the many, many like things that, that helps my heart when it's hurting is to see my girls actually continue with the foundation and their sister's dream of helping people. So, um, you know, that's one of the, I know it sounds very cliche, but band-aids for our broken hearts is when we get to help other people and other kids especially make them smile you know yeah i can imagine i I still remember when my uh when my uncle was going through i think his third round of chemotherapy and you know i had to uh, you know help him out the visits to the hospital you know like at his home right i still remember Mm -hmm. he um 
is he, he we we were supposed to go out and he, he it's just like how you know uh your daughter to ask if noticed that you had a shower right something very insignificant for me it was um him asking me if he could if i could help him to just tie his shoelace you know it's mm-hmm. it's so incredible because yeah. i didn't the yeah I, I didn't i didn't mm-hmm. realize like how frail or weak he was at the time and you know he, mm-hmm. he they are such strong individuals but then you don't normally see it it was almost really painful uh deploy such huge empathy you know at that time because it's like i couldn't feel sorry for him because it's not it's not right to do so you know even though i felt like i wanted to help but i was i couldn't accept tying the shoelace so um so it, it was almost this bizarre paradox feeling where it was like I want a few for him, but at the same time, I know like if what's in his best interest is he doesn't want to see everybody else around him suffer. So it's almost this mm-hmm. bizarre thing where it's like, oh my gosh, like chemotherapy is really, really painful. It's really destructive on a human being. Mm-hmm. And um, But it also taught me a lot of lessons. I mean, it's it's like the, the strength of character there and the the resilience and even the... You know, keeping up that optimism, like like yourself, like clawing it through. Um, I think it's something people people forget. Mm-hmm. You know, if times are all good all the time, uh, I think we get bored easily, <laughs> and uh, we lose sight of what really yeah. matters. So, um, you know, what have what have you learned? I mean, from all these experiences, what are some things that you still hold close to you today? You know, that, that hasn't changed since the beginning. Also, just to be compassionate, and you just never know where somebody is coming from or what's happening in their life. Um, I remember when Olivia was in the hospital, she was, you know, the chemotherapy makes you crave different like salt and or sugar or she wanted chips and I ran to the grocery store and um, bought a bag of chips for her and while I was in line, there was a long line behind me. I had forgotten my my bank card. So I you know, I was up at the register and the cashier was asking me for my bank card. I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have to run to my car. And the woman behind me got so upset and so mad. And um, I'll never forget thinking, this woman has no idea that my daughter is lying in a hospital bed right now, sick with cancer and 12 years old. And I just that I always took that with me because even though we might get frustrated with another person or we get, you know, angry or this person's not moving fast enough or this person is, you know, you think that they're doing something wrong, but really it, we have no idea what's going on in their personal life. So that was a huge lesson for me. Do you have some of like, you know, gratitude exercise that you do or, you know, do you meditate or like, you know, what are some of the... The things you keep, uh, to, the things you do, you know, every day to um, keep yourself in balance, you know, keep the energy and the, the your outlook on things in in a right, positive, healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't meditate, but I've always wanted to. I think that I'm, I don't know that I could be that then, but I heard that it's something that you get. Like, hey, I think it would probably be very good for me. Um. I do keep a gratitude journal and, you know, for being a mom and having my two kids that have gone through this horrific, you know, experience, I 
when they are happy, I'm happy. And I'm just grateful that they're happy, they're healthy, that they're giving back, that they are honoring their sister. So to me, that really centers me. And when I think of how far they've come, how far we've come, it helps a lot. But I always I always wanted to try the meditation things for sure. My younger one, my younger one, Sabrina, Olivia's twin sister, she loves all that. She likes to do yoga and she can like focus like that. You know, it's been she absolutely loves it. So she keeps telling me, You gotta come with me, mom. You know, for someone listening right now who's, you know, perhaps struggling with, you know, some form of adversity. Uh, it may not necessarily be cancer, but you know, like something else, right? That, that they're dealing with. I think everybody mm-hmm. has to has to go through some something like that, you know, to grow or mature. Uh, you know, what would you what would you say to them? Probably like look for the helpers, look for people around you that you can trust, that you can confide in. Um, you know, that was the big thing for me too. Like people come and be honest and open about what you're going through because. People can't help you or even guide you if they don't know what's going on. If you're acting like everything is perfect and, oh, you're great, you're fine, then that's how people, you know, might react to you that you're okay and you're doing great. But I think that if you have just a few people, even though that you can confide in, that can help you or direct you or guide you, you know, and the big thing for me too, and that we try to do for other families is let them know they're not alone in their pain. They're not alone in their grief. They're not alone in their suffering. So that was huge for me because after um, Olivia had passed, I felt very, very alone. And I know my girls did too. They felt like we were the only family. We were like that family, you know, that had this terrible tragedy happen to them. But that's one of the reasons why we do other things with the foundation is because we want people to know that they're not alone. And I think that's, you know, a big step in having someone feel better or want to take that next step. Okay. So you're not alone. Now, what can I do? You know? So, so true. And how can people, you know, support you for the find out more about the foundation and what you're up to and uh, get in contact with you? Um, we have a website, Olivia Hope. Org. We have a ton of information on our website. We also are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, Olivia Hope Foundation. Um, and we share like pretty much, We I call it the army of the engaged. Like I try to really uh, show people what we're doing, what we're up to, um, who we're helping so they can feel like they can are, you know, looking and feeling and touching the work that we're doing. So you can follow us on any of those channels. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. It was nice to meet you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. Now, if you are a purpose-driven business owner or expert and you want to create more impact and growth, head over to tapeyourtime.com, T-A-P-E-Y-O-U-R-T-I-M-E.com to download your free PDF on the top three mistakes that coaching experts make using video. Also, be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or share this with friends and family. Once again, I want to appreciate you for sharing your earbuds with me today. Till next time, bye-bye.